Today's podcast is a real fun one. It's a two-guest episode, I think. Is it, my, it might be my first two-guest episode. It's with Damien Abraham. Uh, you may have seen him sing in the band Effed Up, a.k.a. Fucked Up. Uh, he is known as Pink Eyes in that band. He also has a bunch of other bands. And uh, you may have seen him on Vice. He's all over Vice. He's had a show about weed, stuff about wrestling. He's got a wrestling podcast, and he definitely has a great podcast called Turned Out a Punk, which you should totally listen to. And my other guest is Danko Jones, the uh, mu- musician from Toronto, uh, old friend of mine, as is Damien. Danko Jones is someone whose podcast I co-host when we're both in town. His podcast, he's had tons of rock and metal people on, It's and comedians, it, it's a great listen. And uh, I'm not just saying that because sometimes you'll hear my voice. Uh, and, and uh, of course, Danko Jones has an upcoming album called A Rock Supreme. And you can pre-order it at dankojones.com. And the conversation kind of starts abruptly. That's, uh, oop, ding, ding. Uh, that's because I, um, it, it basically starts, I didn't realize that I wasn't recording, of course. And I basically said that I was the person who first played Damien's band Fucked Up for Danko. Danko kind of denied it, and then I think he eventually loosened to the idea that I was the first person to play it for him. I hope you're having a wonderful day so far. Uh, I've had to deal with some Twitter static over the weekend, general malaise, but it's been intermittent, and I just have to remember to stop consoling myself with sweets. Tomorrow, I'm hitting that gym. And I ask you to also hit the gym and listen to this podcast while hitting it. Okay, here's the conversation. Well, uh, okay, so let's recap. I was saying that fucked up, I think, and I've said it on record, it's like John Brandon meets Chavez. Yeah, man. And that is, <laughs> that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just but saying I, the first time you listened to them, you heard them because I was like, have you heard fucked up? And you were like, no, I don't know this. And I said, well, it's this bunch of miscreants. You probably knew. You're the guy who told me about fucked up and you led me to think that before I met Damien, he was this crazy guy who beat up people and, and just like attacked the audience and didn't give a fuck about anyone. And no. then I heard the album and I was like, Ah, oh, it's too bad because I really like the band. Well, no, so I there told, is some credence to that because when I first met, I Danko, told Damien that he was scared. I never told you that you fought people. I pro- I probably said you loved wrestling and that you bled at shows because at that time, no, you, you you're shows, like leading a lot of shows. shows. Oh, Damien doesn't take any shit. He go. I, no, I'm I think paraphrasing. What I also but, said was that he was super into the starting of feuds which he was yeah, at that time yeah yeah so, oh yeah so, okay i'll so, give you, you that know, that's at that time he was starting feuds with billy talent with uh you were starting feuds yes. with billy talent with uh and then i said uh, oh then he'd Terminal hate State. us you were in which to be with... fair i did learn from you two dads like you know <laughs> yes. you're robin black beef and uh your innumerable beef stanko as well yeah so you know, but, but Denko's I've been your, called, your beefs are like straight up like fight you in my mind. Fight <laughs> <laughs> in my mind. But what Damien called me king of beefs and and uh I uh that's like one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten. I mean you do have anybody. a lot of beefs. I, you I, did I, oh. and especially like growing up, I think both of you 
even though Nick, you and I are the same age, I think both of you were kind of like uh, inspirations to me as a front person. In your <laughs> well, that's bands. nice of you to say. I, I, I hope think, it's the, the beef you. part. Well, the beef, I think, definitely was And now you inspire too. me. Let's see, it's full circle. It's full circle. It's like the, But now uh, I don't like starting beefs with people, man. No, no, no. I hate it. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm doing something where you're going to have to like apologize to people. And uh, oh, really? You're doing one of those things? <laughs> Do, am I going to get a phone call? Things. Yeah, probably. You might get one. <laughs> really? Like, no, I don't know if I. I was going to be like, I don't know how you wronged me. <laughs> but I think I might have to call like Robin Black or something and say, hey, Robin, this isn't just because you're like sort of famous now, but <laughs> he's like, hey, uh, Nick, you should just come do it in person. Come meet me. Hey, can I'll I be here and here? <laughs> Robin Black is one of the only people I can think of who went from haircutting to. Uh, face kicking, you know what I'm saying? He's like an MMA guy, and uh, no, he's he is legit cut hair. Yeah, yeah, no, he is hard as shit. He's yeah. awesome too, uh, as far as just being like a person who's made a whole career for himself and like a whole set. Like he's he's no, Instagram that's what I'm faces, saying. Famous again. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Or I just he does these he does these uh, thirty second fight breakdowns where he breaks down all sorts of fights. But, but I don't think MMA is healthy. But I mean, I respect that he's doing this. I think it could be, you know, nothing. Nothing's healthy. I think MMA like is do something. MMA healthy. is like the porn of sports. I can't really explain it much better. But like, oh, <laughs> but like, why? Because of the head trauma? Would you say? Yeah, because of the sort of what it does to people's brains, seemingly, and then also. Well, I think uh, football, like the yeah. sort of. It's kind of it's probably one of the only sports that's like more conservative leaning than the uh, WWE, and also uh, it's a blood sport, <laughs> you yeah. know, and which porn kind of is too, and you got to have clean blood. Yeah, but I think I think all sports have. Uh, <laughs> this is like one of those, about this. because this is my podcast. It's like I can actually have this discussion, whereas on either of your podcasts, you'd be like, "We're not. <laughs> we're going to cut this, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's take on MMA because like we have a stake in people <laughs> who like MMA." <laughs> See, normally, like when we do a podcast with Nick, is the strategy is like when he sets a uh, a trap. <laughs> for you you just run right through it and then it just gets edited out later here yeah. here it's a lot about tiptoeing around the snare sometimes i cut, sometimes I cut around you caught me with that mma porn one you caught me. <laughs> prove me wrong to quote the great stephen crowder <laughs> the great canadian artist should i be stephen on this crowder? podcast <laughs> <laughs> today's today's podcast is sponsored by CRTV <laughs> and Brazier U. Brazier um, U stink, more like it. You know what I'm saying? Does uh, anyone even know what I'm talking about? I have no right? idea. Yeah. You he weren't does. joking about your champion hat. No, it's cool, right? It's cool. Yeah, I'm just you, trying to You throw are dressing off. like it's 1997 uh, or eight. Yeah, I'm wearing a board dead icon sleeveless, and uh, and a champion hat, and I've got the, uh, um, what is it, the uh, the uh, hygiene right now of a teenager who you, hasn't learned. <laughs> you kind of look like you kind of look like you're doing Chris Hanna from Propagandi cosplay. Cool. <laughs> I don't know any of their songs except for one. And we opened for them twice. 
And we open for the weaker thens. Who did open for the weaker thens? Brutal Knights. Brutal Knights open for the weaker thens. The people who wrote the song, the band that wrote the song, Teach Me Sex. <laughs> Our band, well, bro, opened up for the weaker thens. Where did that happen? Uh, Lee's Palace. It was with the Constantines. That was the bridge. Uh, but it was one of the only shows we played. First of five? First of three. Uh, it was one of the only shows we played where, like, I showed up and uh, there were people, like, sitting reading books. Lee's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? We, we played shows. <laughs> We play shows where like you can load, you're doing the loading, and you can just see the look of dread on people's faces. They realize what's happening, like when they're there to see yeah. the arcade fire, and all of a sudden they're oh, like, "Oh, yeah. this isn't going to be like the arcade fire." <laughs> well, but, you know, that's what you don't think about with um, bands that are huge is like how technically proficient they are, and how mm-hmm. how fans. That's part of why they love it. You yeah. know, it's like they just love that they're literally doing something that they can't do. It's almost the opposite of the uh, the punk ethos. So when some band comes up and, you know, they look like the tenants of the fans, you know, <laughs> like, the, like I'm these people's landlords and they're fucking playing at the, like at the show. That was what happened when we opened for Propaganda. Uh, they, I could, they're just so techy and so talent, like tight. Yeah, especially talented. now, you yeah, know, that took that, away the word talented, though. Well, they're talented for Changed sure. Changed it to tight. Well, but no, that's, they're, they're like, but they're, they've always been like to me. He is the greatest lyricist in punk out of ever out of Canada. Like it's just crazy. I'm hurt. Hurt. Chris, <laughs> like, no, it's like it's like crazy when you listen to these songs. How he's putting all this shit into a song. It's like. It's like that tight and proficient on guitar, but also verbally too. That was what I noticed wild. when someone did put that propaganda song on like a mix. A of million line. words. I was like, this is so many words, and it's cool. I liked it. I, I thought liked you liked it. you like Aesop Rock. So imagine Aesop Rock with Noam sing, doing something about Noam Chomsky, but as a pop punk band. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a complicated thing, a little bit. Well, a friend of mine who I really value his opinion. Mm-hmm. He was just like, no holds barred. Just let's hear every voice. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's, that's Rogan's. Yeah, that's but, Rogan's M- MO. Yeah. But but at the, at the same time, there's so many voices that are not heard. And it's also, that it's like, and, sure. And it's also yeah. very different tones in the voice. Like if you're having someone on who's like, love everyone, you know, we should have, or no, maybe not even everyone. Like we should have a cap on the maximum wage versus yeah. someone on who's like... Well, we like, should have universal health care. Yeah, like, that, mm-hmm. that's not, like, that extreme of a point of view to me, but, like, that it's is also not, as an extremist point of view. But it's also not that, uh... What's the word? It's not something that will bring in listeners. I mean, that's really... And if yeah. you have someone go, Ben Shapiro, there, here's what's here's what's stupid about being on... about, about universal health care. Here's why it'll, here's why it'll never work. Mm-hmm. You know, or you've... You know, it, it just... Because it's someone explaining why something can't be done, I feel like that's a very, uh, it is a, a, a specifically male thing, I feel. And uh, it, it's uh, also, uh, it, it's also like more appealing in some way. I can't really explain it at this exact moment, you know? It's like, because it just furthers argument, you know, which is what people are calling debate now. And it's, it, it's uh, you know, I go on his show if he went dab for dab with me, and I'm like, okay, every I'm sure time he would. I'm talking, 
you're doing a dab. And every time you're talking, I'm doing a dab. And we'll get through this together. But I think someone like you sh like should do the show. Because you should do like, the no, show. I, I, I fell into sense. this trap before. No. Mm, yeah. Oh, right. you went on Gavin's show, right? No. No, God, oh, you no. You went on Red Eye. Where did you went on Red Eye. Eye. And Gutfeld's, uh, well, I, well, yeah, because it's all like. tell me he's nice. He's super nice. Yeah. And, and I got, he, the Melvins had been on, and Andrew WK had been on, and all these people that I was like, oh, well, they're, they're cool. I should mm -hmm. go on too. But then I realized like, well, oh, I'm also kind of like, you know, I'm making the ground a little more fertile for the next person to say, oh, I should go on. And all that does is make these opinions, it kind of cools them up a little bit. And, you know, Greg, Greg was like a super nice dude to me. He never, and he was, and he always was like, yo, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm one way I'm, on yeah, camera yeah. and I'm a different way but, in real but life, like now which it's is like, mental. Now there's like know? real stakes and it's like, well, are you like, I was waiting for him to be like, okay, well now here's the line. I'm not going to go past this line. And the line keeps getting drawn further and further and further. Yeah, I hate that term. I hate the invention of terms these days. There's so many, like, identitarian shouldn't be a word. SJW <laughs> shouldn't be a word. Virtue signaling shouldn't be a word, you know. You and, use it all the time. I learn mm, half my shit from Well, that. I learn all this from the internet, but I'm not using these I'm terms. Far back to the I'm, not using, I'm not using these words uh, as, uh, like, there's a lot of people on, on both sides, on both sides. <laughs> Uh, who are using these terms like willy-nilly and I'm kind of like don't adopt it because don't validate it you know and it's like uh, what's another one uh, the Overton window that's what I brought up which is what they say when like one idea is so radical but becomes accepted and then the conversation starts from that point now mm -hmm. you know so so it's like uh, that would have been when you know Richard Spencer or these people were more uh, or Milo or, Fringe, yeah. you know, the, uh, um, so new ideas, uh, were, uh, become not new ideas, but those types of ideas were becoming more mainstream, partly because they all existed anyway on the internet. So they there did. were a lot of people who felt like they could finally say it out loud. And, and the kind of click economy meant that people started covering this stuff a lot more in like more mainstream places, you know, and like being like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's going to get me clicks. People, I'm, and I'm like, I'm not doing a bad thing. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just showing, shedding some light on it. It's like, well, some of this shit winds up looking like an advertisement. It's like that movie, American history X, when that came out, it's like, yeah, to some people, this movie was like, fuck, these Nazis are terrible. <laughs> to other people, this was like a fucking ad. Like, it was made by a guy who makes Nike commercials. Yeah. And it played kind of like an ad for fascism, too. But I didn't see the if first... If that's your point of view. It, it makes a lot more sense if you watch the first nine American histories. Thank <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. you some Roman numerals. <laughs> I'm going to take, take a hard turn, a hard right turn here. And I'm going to say, so you guys all be... We're, first of all... We've all been on this, uh, <laughs> shared the mics before on, uh, I've been on the Daniel Jones podcast. I was he's trying out material on me. <laughs> I've been on the Daniel Jones podcast as a co-host. You were the, yeah, the co-host. You co were, are you, or I'm still that, I wanted to bring that up. I'm still the co-host. Okay. I'm still the only co-host. Yeah. And then you, I've been on the, except you were the co-host a couple times, I think. I, I, I know. I'm just part of the Black Coffee Brigade. Like, yeah, uh, no, Damien was a co-host yeah. uh, for oh, a couple in, in Australia, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, and I think Nick felt a little threatened I by felt that. slighted. To, I, had to, I had to tell you. I like, felt I consider, I consider that like proto turned out a punk, that Duff McKagan one. Yes. That was really like the, where I, like, that was like my first Duff, foray into talk the about the fastbacks right now, Duff. It pretty much was like that. <laughs> yeah, it actually was yeah. like that. How did it happen, Duff? 
<laughs> I would. Is your name Duff? <laughs> I'd long to have him on Turn It a Punk because I've got even more sharp arrows in my quiver now with punk knowledge, but. Not uh, yet? I've never had him. Oh, that's um, surprising to me. He's like. Have you had Izzy? Nope. Buckethead. But but none of those dudes. They don't have. In, like, they don't have the like, farts, the fastbacks, <laughs> the silly killers. <laughs> yeah, like, as well. <laughs> you go on, you can just like list his pre. Like that guy had one of the most legendary Pacific Northwest hardcore runs. And then he was in probably the most important hard rock band of the 80s. But what's, the am- what's amazing to me is he, through all this, he also found time to be the Green River Killer. What? <laughs> You're gonna edit up the Aesop rock part? What about he accused Danko's friend of being a murderer? <laughs> you're you're taking that out, right? Uh, I'm gonna actually raise the volume on that, and I'm gonna isolate my vocals, <laughs> and I'm gonna put it through auto tune. Um, well, uh, Dodge those okay. Dodge. Well, then in that case, I gotta say that you know Duff is Solid. probably the coolest. <laughs> Biggest Leaders. rock star I've ever met. He seems awesome. He is definitely yeah. very, very down to earth in a way that, like, <laughs> someone you're still mad about. I mean, you can still be a serial murderer. And uh, where are you getting this from? Be nice. <laughs> no, Duff is uh, Duff. Well, let's all clear it up. Nick is a, a comedian, and <laughs> he's trying out material. But yeah, like, no, Duff is Duff is great. I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have gotten anywhere. Uh, with Duff, if it wasn't for Damien, those well, first, the reason first you guys get along so yeah. well is with him is because you've also murdered people. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? No, I'm just kidding. So why did you guys start your podcast with our music? You've got the Danko Jones podcast. You've got turned out of punk. Why first of all, first of all, the podcast that I do, both you guys are in the theme song. Really. So, Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. 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 Someone doesn't listen to it. <laughs> no, I have. You just sent me so many alt theme songs by people you've made do theme songs. No, I use the same one. And it's that. But you uh, have other ones. That you it's were ten, the 10 second song guy who's actually a become the guy who did it has become a, a little bit of a celebrity. No way. On his own. Yeah. That's you, so cool. You, yeah. you kind of have been in this podcast game a lot longer than people give you credit for. Yeah. You 2011. For ages. Yeah. 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 Like and first wave of kind of people. Doing I, it. I'm really thankful for it because it. I'm sure it really just helped me, uh, you know, as as you guys can see, I'm probably one of the most professional on point hosts in history. Yeah, it's it's, it's super obvious. And uh, you know, so so uh, that I owe it all to Danko Jones. <laughs> the funny. USB hub just fell. <laughs> As I was talking about it, I never would have thought. Oh, oh, right. oh and we're recording this on QuickTime. It's not even being recorded, and, and voice memo, not even on a, a actual uh, like uh, program that you're supposed to record this on. But anyway, so you started Danko Jones podcast. Why? Because you wanted to uh, further um, change your brand. No, <laughs> what a way to intro that. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I was, uh, I just want to try it. And then I realized that this can really fight boredom on tour because mm-hmm. yeah. I started doing it on tour and I was like, wow, I just killed two hours on the road doing this. And so that's really what spawned it. Plus, don't forget that, well, not don't forget, but, but plus, you know, touring with people means sometimes that you'll make these kinds of, uh, friendships mm-hmm. or uh, just be around people who have very well, interesting stories. Well, we spoke about Duff know? McKagan and yeah. that was a great way to break the ice 
uh, doing the podcasts with him. And then we ended up that year touring with another band of his later on in the year. And because of the podcasts we had done, you know, on the Soundwave tour, it was so easy to like, just, you know, hang out. I mean, what's, what I think is great about forward your book. He's like, yeah, he wrote yeah. the forward to yeah. my book. I mean, yeah. so many things happened from, you know, uh, the podcast, although we had met Duff years earlier in uh, Brazil, but, but what I like about your, uh, and Damien, it's very similar with you. Um, your podcast is, yeah, you have Duff McKagan, but you have anyone who's in bands that you're either friends with or interest you. So what that means is in the future, when people are going to say, what was the deal with like black metal, you know, or what was the deal with, with your uh, the Scandinavian bands, you know, suddenly they can find your podcast and f have an hour conversation. You hear an hour conversation with like Tommy Victor, for instance, who's like, who's not in those kinds of bands. He's not a black man. No, but, but who has this history that is just like really cool to explore, you know? Yeah. And, and, and th these are not guys who are on probably a, a bunch of podcasts or even have like an article only about them, you know? So... Yeah, and same with, I yeah, mean, Damien exactly goes same way deeper than, than my podcast yeah. when it comes to Well, because it's, it's like the stuff where, it's like the stuff you don't even think about, where it's like these bands that people forget about because they they weren't written into the canon that mm -hmm. are really interesting. And, like, they're the bands that, like, had massive influence and, like, no one knows about their influence. Like, what's the band? The Wigglers. Did I send you that the other day? Yes, yeah. Vince Neal's. Vince Neal's band before Whoa. he did Motley <laughs> Crue. And, but he left the band and they got the guy from Rick L. Rick's band and the Simple Tones to be the singer, who uh -huh. sounds awesome on it. Like, I, I think this stuff sounds great. But, like, you know, like, this is just, like, uh, this band that's, like, totally lost. Like, they did two singles that are pretty sought after, pretty expensive, but never gonna, never been reissued. There's an ugly, ugly reissue that came out a couple of years ago, this lost LP. But these are the bands that I find like fascinating. Like how many bands do we know about that we could talk about in Toronto, like like Hockey Teeth or like, you know, these bands that like no one outside of our city really talks about or knows about, but they were um, like pivotal to like- Yeah, and also Montreal. I mean, it, that that that's such an interesting, thing about the 90s punk scene in Toronto is, yes, there were the straight edge things. There were, you know, Dara Hayes and and even Brian Taylor. It was like his stuff was sort of in, still in the 90s, right? Like he was he, 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 like late 80s, early 90s. He was more metal by that point, right? Yeah. Like he'd been like... You got you would know better than than I, but but a lot of those, the especially that drunk, I hate to call it the drunk punk scene, but you call it market punk. Market punk, And yeah. it was... It was kind of an inversion of the idea, like, you just pick up a few guitars and you, like, rock out. It was like, you get drunk, <laughs> you pick up a few guitars, you practice on Friday. It's like, it was almost like Friday night drunk bands that were, like, punks, you know? Like, but I went to those shows, and that was the gateway for me feeling like, you know, like, not only can I do this, but I feel, like, sort of accepted, and these people are look tough to me and it's kind of cool but they're they're warm you know so um, you bring up that scene like mm -hmm. you know like you know and then there's a lot of i'm sure there's critiques of this band as well but i'm talking about like in an idealized sense but think about toronto without the bfgs well a bunch of fucking goofs is a very important uh facet of of uh 
I so so many elements of downtown Toronto. Would like, I mean it really would Dallas and Travis be doing what they were doing? Would like the goods, you're the goods, about. yeah. Like would would like probably would they probably like, <laughs> their they parents were, were musicians. No, they were, but they got like they were really getting like first exposure to playing was like well, I guess they've done so with their parents, but I mean like they, that was what they were getting their own music was through. That no, scene. I definitely agree. I mean, like, I, I I'm sure that there is like a through line of of Dallas who played in the same Natras and with with uh but do they have they gone on record crediting the BFGs or something? There's a photo in the BFGs book that came out. Oh, I want that book so it's badly. So good, dude. Oh, I passed on it, it is years ago. So by the way, if you're listening to this and like what is bunch of fucking goofs? First of all, I'm gonna go way back as I do. And I'm gonna say goofs in Canada is a real insult. It's like the worst <laughs> Because thing, it's right? a jail thing, apparently, where it means you're like a pedophile or something. You call a guy a fucking goof. And, and I don't uh, think the BFGs are... Well, that I think that was actually the purpose of calling like, themselves the pedophiles? fucking goofs. No, no, no. no I'm saying... piss like, people off. Yeah, like, to make people... Oh, yeah, isn't that yeah. the punk thing yeah. to do? I or? guess. And... Uh, and You're then, explaining what a bunch of fucking goofs are to people, well, like a well, bunch of fucking goofs, like no, dirty, rotten imbeciles. Yeah, no, it's true. But they were okay for everyone listening. Imbecile. I mean, they is. were also like the equivalent of a street crew. That's, I mean, that's all they I were. They were part of alleyway yeah. crew, which is yeah. also like yeah. New York connects to New York and Murphy's Law. Like yeah. when um, I remember Murphy's Law playing here when they did that first kind of uh, run of reunion show type things where they played up here in like the late late nineties. R.I.P. And Murphy's Law. Someone in Murphy's Wait. Law died. Oh yeah, someone did die a couple yeah. years ago. That's right, someone did die. But uh, they played a R.I.P. Man. <laughs> <laughs> they played like a, they played a show in Toronto, and the whole time Jimmy Gustaf was on stage just shouting out the BFGs and like being like, "Yo, this one goes out to Steve. Like, mm-hmm. I remember you back in the day." When I had a mohawk like this, yeah, and and and, and back, uh, that's cool. Back yeah. about fifteen or sixteen years ago, uh, you're gonna remember this show probably. Uh, I uh, went, and it was when our bands were starting to be in full swing, and like there was a new scene, and it was sort of uh, uh, the punks of uh, the two thousands who were grow grew up in the nineties, like fucked up, Blue Lights, uh, Terminal State, whatever, whatever, career suicide, and. Uh, um, Vice put on a show at a place called Club OBs. Uh, do you remember this show? No, I don't. This know. was even before you knew those guys, maybe. And and uh, I saw Sarouche there, I guess. Well, I knew the Vice guys. Yeah. Point, but, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but go on, go on. I just called Damien's cred into question. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. No, nah, you know you can't. And and you, you know you're talking to the guy. That was, I think, keyly responsible for the meteoric rise of Vice. Like, I don't know if Eddie would have made the connection to Sarush without you guys. JC. Oh, I didn't know. JC JC and Eddie Moretti are old old and good friends. And that was the link. They met at our show in New York. Uh, JC introduced Eddie to Sarush. Well, I wish I'd known that. I was there. I was there. When JC said, this is Sarush. And anyway, so Sarush, I I was like, there is. Wait a minute, there was a friend of yours who wrote a questionable review of of Danko Jones of me at your show, and you weren't even. And I called up Sarush, and I was like, "What the fuck, dude? You weren't even playing at the show. You no. were just at the show." But I called Sarush. He, like this, he called you racially ambiguous. 
Like, but, but you were like just like okay, that's a, like all I was doing was supporting by being there. Well, that's a racially ambiguous move. I was like, to Sarush. be fair, <laughs> Sarush. I was, I called up Sarush and I'm like, what gives, man? How is this getting by? And to be fair, Sarush said that it got by him. He didn't know that that got printed. Yeah, probably because yeah, yeah. Gavin was like. I know it was after Steve's. he was gone. No, no, no. This was when he was there, no. in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this was, was a very or? early bicycle. This is three. Oh, this borderline is newspaper bicycle. Oh, it was a yeah, combo. yeah. Oh. But, but whatever. Like it's all cool. Like we've slept on Sarusha's floor. <laughs> yeah. No. He and he reprimanded hard cool. on anyway, the Turned a punk episode. Yeah. So, so, so we're very cool with. Uh, so Sarusha's like, the show had BFGs on it. And it was more of a, like, he didn't have any of the sort of new punk bands. It was, it was like more market punk, uh, Kensington Market Punk, which is the other thing about BFGs. They were like protectors of Kensington Market. Well, I was going to say, like, how different would you the know, market be without them? Exactly. Because there's no Nazis. It, well, no drugs. and also, you know, I think kind of helping sustain probably what the market is, you know, like, and that, that Kensington Market area is one of the last pretty relatively untouched parts of the city. And it's, it's in big danger now, I yeah. would say, but maybe, um, maybe it'll keep its character. I hope so. But anyway, um, he said, Sarush was like, yeah, I got to get a bunch of fucking goofs on the show. And I was like, oh, cause I liked them when I was in my teens, but I kind of thought I was like scared of them to an extent. And I was like, this scene, it's interesting that they're recognize that Sarush is recognizing this scene, because to me, this is one of the least recognized uh, yeah. uh, uh, nationally or internationally scenes, you know, which is why locally. I want that book so bad. Yeah, that book's yeah. amazing. Like, I think that's the that what's her name, Jennifer Moore. Oh my god, Morton? yeah, Morton. Jennifer, yeah, Jennifer she was a Morton. producer at Much Music that did a story on them back in the day. Yes, and I and then it just snowballed into this book. Right? She did, that's really the cool. book was like she did like 10 years later, 15 years later type thing. So she did the book in the 2000s. Samuel, why yes. did you why did you make a podcast? Well, I did it because like, uh, I think it was. I think it was honestly like being on Danko's show and realizing that like I can just interview these people about whatever I want to interview them about. And then it was also Paul Cabana, this wrestler's podcast, where he was talking to people about being in wrestling. Like, well, I talk to people about what I know, which is punk. And then it was, um, you know, I was always trying to do it on the wedge. I realize now, like, I go right, back. I keep forgetting you run the Much Music sh show, the wedge in its yep. sort of final. I killed it. Yeah, you're like a final VJ, incarnation. Right? I am the alternative, the alternative uh, Bible, the visual alternative Bible for Canadians in the 1990s. Yeah, and I'm, I'm well, like, City Limits truly was, but the wedge was the daytime. Yeah, one. no, I'm like, yeah. I'm like the. Uh, the last series of a sitcom when they bring in new characters and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio was on Broadway. Uh, let's let's say you're more like seven and married with children. Leonardo DiCaprio and Growing Pains kind of vibe, you know? Five, like, such they... bigger things afterwards. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're more like Leo. You're right. You're right. You <laughs> they, did stuff. They did, uh, they, uh, no, it was, it was, you know, I listened back to this episode <laughs> that I did with Dave Grohl and I'm interviewing him for 20 minutes about the, gan the band Kids for Cash. And much music just never aired it, and I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, no shit. Like, was he into it though? Or yeah, he was totally into it. He played one show with this band, Kids for Cash. That's like the um, fuck. What band is it? Pre uh, uh, the Obits. Oh, cool. It's like dudes from the Obits, oh. and it's like this like DC '87 kind of posy seven seconds influence kind of hardcore band that the Zine Town of Hardcore took their name from. 
Well, I was going to say that what's what's really cool about these types of, of podcasts that is, I it's almost preferable to comedy ones to me in a way, is it is an extension of zines, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's it's an extension of I don't know if you did one. No, I was the guy who always was working on one. Yeah, yeah. Well, we only did two issues. Yeah, so did I. So my back in the day. Did you not do one? I did one that came out that way later. I was yeah, working but... on a video zine. Oh, yeah. Oh, those yeah. were cool. But you did some like you did some tape stuff, some like audio equivalents of zines. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Nothing more said. Yeah. Nothing more said. <laughs> But uh, do you know about that? Did I tell you about that? Everyone what do you mean? Do I know about it? Where do you think I'm from? Yeah, yeah, everyone, everyone knows. King of Toronto. Thank too. you very much. Before Drake was the king, give <laughs> up my crown. Am, am I the jester? The the, the you'd be the like the court jester, jester. Yeah, you're of Toronto punk. What did I call myself? I'm starting to dub myself the bad boy of Toronto's punk comedy scene. <laughs> Isn't that Mike Long? <laughs> no, he's in Montreal. I'm the bad boy of Toronto's punk comedy scene. So if you anyone wants to challenge me to take their title, I want you to meet me in Sandra Shamus Laneway, which is the newest laneway opened up, named after former NFW guest Sandra Shamus. And we'll can't fight. Believe you're, what, you're shouting NFW? yourself. NFW oh. is the Nick Flag. <laughs> He's shouting himself out, dude. What's he referencing? He's referencing himself. NFW. That's a problem. I think that's a major issue with uh, why it hasn't quite like uh, broken for me. It's because there's a little bit of this thing where right when people are about to compliment me, I'm like, "Would you like? A, would you like a copy of my album?" <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> I thought you were good, and are you telling me you think you're good or that you think you're bad? Now I'm confused. Are you bad? <laughs> but uh, so you may turn out a punk. Uh, because of uh, because all of, those things. Of all the things. And, uh, and I think it's, you know, like a chance to, as you say, like have, you know, like I'll have like a really well-known type person in music on, or then I'll have someone on like the guy from Five Knuckle Chuckle, Corey yeah. from Five Knuckle Chuckle, who now plays in this band old, uh, more of like a doom rock band. But this band, Five Knuckle Chuckle, um, I don't think Fucked Up would be a band without them. Like they mm. were huge for us as kids. And like, right. Yeah, I remember th- that. Band. They also got Edge, the pro wrestler into Nirvana. So they were a Toronto band as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Toronto. Yeah, well, Orange Hill. Orange Hill. Orange Hill. Yeah. yeah, there was like the Maryland Vitamins, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, I guess Five Knuckle Chuckle. And then you could go into... Monine, well, you we could go into uh, what was that? Well, they're all different. Grade, Those are kind of like different scenes. Different scenes, but I'm just saying they were all sort of filtered into creating a, an overall community and Alexis on fire, you know? Yeah, like I think those yeah. are like, uh, like you're look, talking about like. I'm getting into the sort of so suburbs, like, outer cities now, but, but you know, I, I still think it all coalesces we, at I, Cathedral in the Big Bop. I found this. <laughs> did I tell you guys about this flyer I found at my mom's house? Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, did I like it or not? Oh, can I read it I out? Liked it. Yeah, you can read it out. The Opera House, here at Live, all ages concert series, salutes Mother's Day, featuring Five Knuckle Juckle. With guests. Well, you just talking about for like 10 minutes, you mispronounced them after. With guests, SNI, Special Ed, The Rapper. I got it made. No, 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 that is. <laughs> special. special. You want to know who that is? I got that's a big that's house. Ed the Sock. Ed no, the... this is the Special Ed. That's the pre Sum 41 band. Okay. Oh. Plunger. Wait, Medicine Head is also the pre. Oh, yeah. Medicine Stone. Medicine Stone. That's the pre Melon Grove band. Wow. Semi. Oh. Medicine Stone. You circled this. Is this your band? No. You are in trouble. Well, that's me. You're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. You are in trouble. Lull. 
Some fucker. That's pre, that's also pre-Sum 41 and pre-Closet Monster, I believe. Oh, but here's a band I haven't heard their name in a while. The Tire Kickers. Yep, that was the Tire Alarm Kickers. Alarm Clock Conspiracy, yep. Valediction, A Million Evil Pennies, Shag, Prizes and Giveaways. This is what getting out of band this? names. Now. 1995. 1996. 96. Sunday, May 12th. Wow. Bands wanted to play live? Call Athena. S&I is Sandy's band. Cool. Sandy and I. Yeah, that's the first time I met Sandy. No, it was, <laughs> it stood for something like Sandy the stupid bassist number or something. Yeah, like it was, it was not yeah, her name. <laughs> totally oh, that's for the, yeah, for the crowd. But uh, <laughs> when you're looking at me, we're <laughs> a crowd. You know, a show doesn't have a huge audience. You know, Nick for who it is, a crowd. Nick, Nick has to explain. Like he's explaining the goofs thing, so he's now he's gonna explain who Sandy. I know nobody wants this explained. You know, I, I try to think about that. Like, do you want? Do people want clarification? Do you have like music underneath this? Uh, not heard not episodes. in my interviews generally. I mean, but I, you're gonna I put it under at later. Oh no! Generally, I don't have music in the interviews because to me, our voices are the music. Well, yeah. Al's episode that I heard, there was music. Sometimes all the way I'll play music all the way through, but I think in his episode. But a lot of the time, <laughs> but I've kind of phased that out. Sometimes uh, I like to have the musicians kind of, uh, if they have a guitar or something, play it, uh, which makes me think that we have eight minutes left. Al uh, played the uh, guitar throughout the whole episode yeah. i kind think of. And kind of yeah and and al i'm gonna have him back i love that i've had like him and this guy you know al right? yeah. senior and and uh yeah i'm just like i'm stoked doing this. actually i don't know who the american flag are how do you guys uh <laughs> cope with mental health uh poorly oh <laughs> no i think uh i was actually thinking about this on the walk over now i think mental health stuff is like we got to think about how we're talking about it differently i think we talk about it in terms of disorders when these aren't it's spectrum, baby. But it's also like, yeah, it's who we are. You know, like yeah. I wouldn't be being in this band, writing the lyrics I do, if it wasn't for my anxieties. You wouldn't be doing what you're doing if it wasn't for your anxieties. You wouldn't be doing <laughs> what you're doing if it wasn't for your anxieties. Like well, it, I actually attribute a lot yes, of a lot actually, of my band stuff. It's yeah. like, it is our personalities as much as it is, you know, not to say that we don't have to learn how to cope with them and how to how to deal with them but yeah. like because you, expressing yourself is not the same as dealing with it no you know no. like like expressing yourself artistically what you're going through is not the same as no. solving it in fact it can enable it and i don't think you can ever you know? solve it like i think that's the thing is like you well and managing manage the word i always use and it's I, about management and i know? used to, and i always used to think in terms of like okay well now i've beaten it like oh no. these meds few it's now not i got the meds it. full cannabis well now i've got it licked it's like no it's like you it's a constant work it's, it's i mean it's the most holistic uh, i i just you know i think that's what i was talking about with you have you guys go. been diagnosed oh yeah. yeah oh i'm i'm you're not i'm i'm i, I think you're in a different category but i think everyone it has yeah. it right yeah like, it's a it's, spectrum and yeah. it's like which are you closest closest to and that means whether or not you're you have small minimal or like like quite uh intense uh variations of, of these feelings it's about managing it, you know, and it's like sometimes it's easier for people to manage it because they have uh, minimal issues drawn from wherever they're at on the this spectrum I've made up. And I, I don't think I made it up. But uh, but so if you're coping with it yourself and you have like severe responses or you have something like ADHD where it's like, you know, there's literally brain things happening that can create discouragement which can lead to depression and and coping mechanisms that can mimic bipolar can mimic other things you know um it's about managing it with help 
you know, and, and, uh, I bring this up in the last five minutes. That's what I, I like to do. Well, when I got here, you were going to lead with this. I wanted to lead with it, but... But I don't... I, what am I going to say? I might say? lead with I, it I, anyway. I don't have really much to say about it. Well, why don't... The why, fact that why, I how, sing... How do you... How do you yeah, you say... Front a band in front... Publicly get on stage. I mean, I come... It's obvious that there's some sort of underlying issues I'm... I'm working at just writers. Yeah, yeah lead no, singeritis. I get it. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I haven't been diagnosed or or it's not it doesn't cripple me in any way, you know, like or problem deter word. deter oh brother. <laughs> deter me from from doing anything. At least I I think so. Well, it seems that way to me, you know. I mean, anyone who can weather touring as much as you do and and have a life around that is managing whatever they're managing you know but I, like I think. you know and i'm not and gonna, I'm not gonna break kayfabe too much with any of this stuff but like you know danko jones was born out of a real low point for you right uh it, 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 it uh it uh, uh we started the band right <laughs> before it happened okay Okay, and but then I mean, when like, it happened, yes. But that pers- like who you are is it, defined it came by out. this moment. It came of out trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from what you've told me, like, I, yeah, I, yeah. Know. And I mean, I mean, that's kind of this big thing I'm, I'm, I'm uh, believing, which is that whatever is traumatic, big, you know, it's all proportionate, right? So, what could be true? Something could affect you as much uh, that seems smaller than than someone else's thing that affects them but they'll they might have the same result you know in terms of creating a mental situation for you and and uh you know what i mean like well and it's also it's like what keeps is what it, it's what's kept also like you know like it's not like anxiety in the same way that i feel anxiety right like but like do you feel anxiety right now always there's a different Constantly. kind of are you anxiety. worried i'm looking at, at um, your hands? No, no, I'm, I'm not worried about anything involving you. <laughs> except what you might say next. No, what? Yeah, what you might say next, and what you've already said <laughs> and made us talk about. Don't worry, we know his kryptonite now. What's my kryptonite? Aesop Rock. <laughs> I don't know. He's advertised. He, he's promote. He's helped me out a lot. <laughs> this is going it's out. It's so amazing to see Nick go like that, right? Because it just never, it just never like. Do you know how many times he's like tried to embarrass me in front of people? I know. Like, it's just like it's so weird to uh, see. How many Nick. times have I tried to embarrass you? No, right? him, him, him. Not me. No, he's not arguing you. my point. He, no. You're not arguing what I just said. No, he has. I, no, I have tried to embarrass yeah, you. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. definitely. <laughs> there's, a, there's a time where I you, think you, you just threw out like a social hand grenade. I do that yes, to him all the time. You know, where where it's like, oh, how do we react to this? And that's why. I've never, I've never had like a Nick Flanagan grenade in my hand before. So now it's like, oh yeah. shit! Whenever you pull this pin. Well, again, it's uh, I do attribute it to uh, I don't blame, I don't excuse it with the ADHD stuff, but it's certainly a part of that. Uh, you know equation. what? You know what pisses me off is that you do this, and now that you've admitted it, I come off looking like a bad guy to our friends because I'm I'm complaining about what you fucking did. There was one time you 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 did this on the internet, where you you had a photo of me and you filmed it and then you pretended you were me talking. It was just a photo. And hey, I'm Danko Jones. I do blah, blah, whatever I Isn't do. That funny. I was on tour and I I showed everyone and I was so fucking pissed. I looked like an asshole because nobody thought it was 
it it wasn't it was anything. Did you well? And I was like, I, I was like, I emailed them, and I was did like, you consider what they were that maybe because you all I saw was them not reacting the same way I was. I really and it pissed people. me off even further. My favorite thing I did, it didn't just happen to you. It's not my favorite, but but an example of it. People piled onto that. I had on the internet. They all did their own versions of it. No, they were just like, yeah, man, ha ha, and all that shit. I don't know what where it was, Twitter or Facebook. Well, or now you got now you have like a. Uh... A defense, yes. or a counter. Yeah, Aesop I do have. Nick. <laughs> um, you, 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 that's happened many times over the years, where I've just like, you know, confided in someone, and they just go, "Just lay off them, man." What? You know what he just did? And I feel like I'm the the bad guy. Well, you can always tell me if you're hurt by something. And then you, uh, your reaction when I do is you laugh at me. Well, no, that's the old me. That's before. <laughs> Fall. Oh, uh, we're at twelve fifteen now. We gotta get ready to go. Let's Sorry, we, we just gotta go into finishing moves now. Well, should we uh, just sing this? Is song? that a section in the podcast? Oh, Sandy just texted you. Finishing. Yeah. Oh, I missed it. She's always <laughs> Sandy from Fucked Up. Is always like, let's hang out and work. <laughs> don't. Okay, let's. let's... <laughs> You're like, I don't know, Sandy. First of tell all, me more about Aesop Rock, Nick. <laughs> well, he's tall. <laughs> He's got can facial I just, hair a lot of the time. Can I just, he wears hats like you wear. I need I dropped you to him. He gave me a bunch of PS2 games once. I'm friends with Nick Flanagan. Yeah, no, he was he supported me when my last album came out. Yeah. He was very nice about that. I um, name dropped both you guys you know, in a podcast that I do. You know, he's the really cool. You know, and also do you know Aesop Rock? Once again, this is why I love the world of punk rock. He's the connection between Nick Flanagan and the band Sexfit, which is a connection between the band The Gossip. Because the manager of the gossip was the lead singer of Sexfit, and the guitar player from Sexfit used to write graffiti with Aesop Rock. Yeah, they were friends they knew with each Nick other Flanagan. in Seattle, right? Wow. No, back in uh, New York, Long Island. Long Island, six degrees of yeah. Yeah. We had quite uh, a Aesop night with Sexfit one night, and then and then it also collect, connects to Necro, which right. connects to Eminem through the diss track. Which I guess connects so. to Dr. Dre, which right. connects to Easy E, <laughs> which connects to uh, Roger Troutman, which connects to uh, Parliament Funkadelic, which look at this, look at connects this. to uh, Barbershop, now bring it back home, quartets, and so those guys have all had issues <laughs> which with all mental health influence well. the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Boom, <laughs> exactly, and Squirrel Nut Zippers. Let's be real. Okay, let's play a song to see us out. <laughs> if you bring the guitar over first of all this is nick's idea <laughs> let's do it guys <clears throat> The problems of an adult on my head to my shoulders. I'm an adult now. I'm an adult now. I'm an adult now. I'm an adult. Uh, I got the problems of an adult on my head to my shoulders. I'm an adult now. Yeah. Ha, <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for getting this guitar to do that. Yeah, I'm so glad. Shout out to Sharif. There's an amp that we didn't use either. I'm really annoyed I have to bring that back. You brought the amp over. Why did I bring the amp? Because I was not going to bring a guitar over. (laughs) All right. told me I could have brought We have an acoustic guitar at home that I I got for an award. I forgot to brush my teeth. Well, we all drank coffee. We all have coffee breath like crazy. Yeah. I'm going to go brush my teeth now. Thank you so much to Damien and Danko Jones for coming into the studio, which is my room. And uh, this is a crossover episode. There's a uh, another one with the three of us coming out on the Danko Jones podcast. And if we work it out, Damien might have us on the podcast, back on his podcast, Turned Out a Punk. Uh, and I should say, check out the Turned Out a Punk podcast. If you haven't checked out Damien's podcast, Turned Out a Punk, uh, Jack Black is on the episode, an episode, and uh, Sam Beam from Iron and Wine is on the newest one. He's had just a wealth of different people, including Anthony Bourdain, and uh, I mean, just just a bunch of people that I'm blanking on, but it's a lot of people, and his mom, and uh, Danko Jones hosts the Danko Jones podcast. Sometimes I'm the co-host, and he has an album coming out called A uh, Rock Supreme. Look up fucked up online <laughs> to find out their tour dates and what's going on with them. And now I'm going to I'm going to leave you with a little bit of a pre-recorded bit of me asking you to support me on Patreon. And like and subscribe and to this podcast if you're enjoying it. Um, thank you very much for listening. Hi, just a quick note that if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, rate it, five stars. Review it, say it's good, and feel free to join my Patreon at patreon.com slash nickflanagan. Lots of fun things there. Exclusives. And I just did a photo shoot. Hopefully we will have some merch involving the amazing logo by Peter Kaliniuk and Brittany Lucas's photos, which she took today. And uh, if you want to just make a one-time donation, you can do that at paypal.me slash nickflanaganweekly. And have a great time. Thank you for listening. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Oh, God. Weekly. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Oh, man. Weekly. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly.